Alright preschool parents, welcome back to Raise Ready Kids, where month by month you master the strategies you need to raise kids with the knowledge, skills, character, and purpose they need to thrive. I'm Bill Jackson, founder of Raise Ready Kids and your host this month. Imagine it's 10 years from now. Your preschooler is a freshman in high school. I know, crazy thought, isn't it? Now, in your mind's eye is your high school kid a reader. Do they read for pleasure? People who read for pleasure have vast opportunities to learn, opportunities not available to people who don't read. Here at Raise Ready Kids, our bottom line is learning, so we care a ton about independent reading. At Raise Ready Kids, we don't so much want our children to read so they can succeed in school, although we care about school success. Rather, we want them to read so they can experience the pleasure and benefits of continually growing their understanding of the world and of themselves. The fact that kids who read a lot do better in school is icing on the cake. It's likely that you too want to raise a child who reads for pleasure, but how likely is that? According to the federal government, the average high schooler gets about four hours of discretionary time on a weekday, time when they're not in school doing homework, working, or sleeping. This is when a teenager can participate in sports, play video games, watch Netflix, socialize with friends, or read a book. On average, an American high school student spends six minutes out of that four hours reading for pleasure. This compares to about two hours of screen time and 45 minutes of exercise. Digging a little deeper, what this actually means is that a few high schoolers are reading a lot while the vast majority aren't reading at all. Roughly one in 10 high schoolers is reading for an hour a day, while nine in 10 aren't spending any time reading. That's how you get to the six minute average. So preschool parents, statistically speaking, you have a one in 10 chance of raising a reader. The odds are not in your favor. How do you navigate the years ahead so that your child grows up to become one of those one in 10 who does choose to read for pleasure? This is one of the most important questions we address here at Raise Ready Kids, and the core of our answer can be found in this month's Raise Ready Kids strategy, Book Club Culture. If your child is going to grow up to become one of those one in 10, they're going to have to choose to read sometimes, even when there are other attractive activities available. They are going to have to enjoy reading, at least sometimes, and they are going to need to have the identity of a reader. The Raise Ready Kids book club culture strategy maximizes the chance that your child will grow up to read independently because they enjoy it. Or, even when they're not enjoying it, they'll still read anyway because they'll think to themselves, that's who I am. I'm a reader. The core idea of book club culture is to lead a child to feel the same way about reading as longtime members of book clubs do. People love book clubs because they feel good. They enrich our lives with powerful ideas, human connection, and personal growth. People treasure the opportunity to share a good book together, especially when you throw in some good food. Preschool parents, introducing and fostering this kind of feeling in your child now and over the next 10 years is the best way to raise a child who will choose to read when they're 16, 36, or 76. The idea is to foster a book-loving culture that envelops your preschooler now and for the next 10 years. The journey will look different over time, 
But all along the way, your child will feel the pleasures of exploring the world far beyond their own family and school, getting to know a wide range of different characters, and sharing the pleasures of books with others. Book club culture has four components. One, surround your child with books that excite and delight them. Two, read aloud with your child all the way into middle school. Three, share delights, ideas, and personal growth that come from books. And four, create distraction-free zones where reading can flourish. Collectively, these actions will foster the spirit of a book club in your home, the spirit that is going to motivate your child to keep reading even when other flashier activities beckon. Let's start with step one, surround your child with books that excite and delight them. The first best way to ensure that your child encounters lots of books and falls in love with some of them is to have lots of them around. It's kind of amazing. When it comes to predicting whether a child will grow up to be a reader, studies show that the number of books around the house is as important as the quality of reading instruction at school or how much children are read to by their parents. This is low-hanging fruit. No need to be picky about exactly which books to bring into your house. In general, for preschoolers, they should have pictures and not too many words. Hopefully, at least a few of them are classics that you knew and loved, but many of them can be books you have never heard of. You don't need to spend a lot. New books can be pricey, but used books are often inexpensive. $10 can get you 3 to 10 books at a used bookstore, library book outlet, school book sale, or an online seller such as bookoutlet.com. Friends and neighbors whose children are growing older may have stashes of books they're ready to part with. And then, of course, there's the library. Bring your child along with you to the bookstore or a neighbor's house to pick up children's books and see where their interest goes. Talk up bookstore and library visits and give yourself time to explore leisurely when you're there so your child comes to see them as a special outing up there with ice cream or other places they like to go. When your child expresses an interest in a particular book, give it a close look. The author and podcaster Sarah McKenzie suggests a quick test you can use to evaluate a book quickly to decide if you want to buy or borrow it. Check out the first few pages of the book and ask yourself three questions. First, images. Can you picture the scene in your mind's eye? Second, vocabulary. Do the word choices seem appropriately rich and varied? And third, curiosity. Are you interested in finding out what happens next? If you're looking at a picture book, do the images themselves capture your imagination? If the book is mostly text, can you see, hear, or even smell the people or places the author is introducing you to? Perhaps most important, are you being drawn into the story? Do you want to know what's going to happen next? If a book passes this three-question test, don't worry if it is at exactly the right level for reading aloud to your child. It's fine for children to listen to books that have quite a few words they don't know. The pictures will help. And don't worry about whether the book has won awards or not. Over time, collect a range of picture books, addictive rhyming books like Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, humorous books like The Book With No Pictures, Poetry like Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends, and old and new children's fiction of all sorts, and old and new children's nonfiction of all sorts. Snap up anthologies of stories such as the Children's Book of Virtues and Aesop's Fables. 
Why not beautiful used coffee table books with colorful pictures of faraway places? When in doubt, go for more books. Put them everywhere. You want their colorful pictures and mysterious tales to become temptations your child can't resist. As you collect books, create little collections and baskets around the house. The largest stash might go in your child's bedroom, but you'll want clusters in the kitchen, car, and other places you hang out regularly. When your child expresses an interest in a particular book, ask them, should we go back to the bookstore or library to get more books like this? Okay, on to step two of book club culture, read aloud together. Take a moment to recall what it was like to read aloud with your parents or another adult when you were young. Do you remember getting lost in a story? Do you remember the hungry caterpillar eating his way through that board book? Or wanting to visit where the wild things are? If someone read you Snowy Day by Ezra Keats, perhaps you remember feeling the joy and freedom of walking out into the snow with Peter. Perhaps reading Alexander in his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day prompted a gentle conversation with your parents about your own very bad day. Books are an extraordinary window to the world, especially for three- or four-year-olds. They open us to people, places, and ideas we've never seen before. They provide opportunities to reflect on our own thoughts and emotions, and lead us to clarify our ideas about what kind of human behaviors are admirable and worthy of emulation. So, preschool parents, read all those books that you brought into the house with your child. Read them before bed, of course, but also read them before dinner or after dinner or in the morning, whenever you can snag a moment. Read them curled up on the couch. Read them on the floor. Read them with the dog. Read them when your child is sitting still, mesmerized, and yes, read them when your child is jumping up and down. Follow your child's lead to find the places that are comfortable and conducive to getting lost in a story, and then read with joy. Read stories with your child, not to your child. If your child is beginning to lose interest, summarize some of the story. If something seems harsh or insensitive, skip it. Does your child want to talk about the pictures? Then talk about them. Does your child have questions? Stop and answer them. Oh, and if you or your child are getting bored, choose another book. In other words, read the room as well as the book. All right, let's talk briefly about steps three and four of book club culture, and we'll return to them in greater depth in future years. Step three is to share the ideas, delights, and personal growth that come from books. This is pretty basic at the preschool level. What matters most is that your child experiences books and reading as fun and interesting. Bring the joy of books out into the world. When you're walking past a tree with your child, allow yourself to bellow out, a told B and B told C, I'll meet you at the top of the coconut tree. That's from Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. And share the delight of the moment with your child. Ask your child, do you sometimes feel like Max in Where the Wild Things Are? Don't be shy about offering up rhymes of your own triggered by rhymes you've read together. Do your best to save a little time in your life for your own personal reading and let your child see you with your own book. Tell your child something about what you're reading, in an age-appropriate way, of course. Tell them about a character or place or problem in your book. Invite them into your own little society of special people who talk about books. 
Finally, step four is to create distraction-free zones where reading can flourish. As your child grows up, there will be many activities that compete with reading, sports, socializing, and homework. However, in most families, it's screen time that competes most directly with reading. Like reading, screen time takes discretionary alone time. If your child is going to grow up to be a reader, they're going to have to sometimes choose reading over screen time. The cognitive scientist Daniel Willingham has a wonderful way of framing this challenge and pointing toward what we need to do as parents. Reading, he says, is like eating watermelon. It's juicy, delicious, and satisfying, especially on a warm summer day. However, the challenge is that screen time is like candy. Given the choice, most of us will reach for candy before we'll reach for watermelon. We love that candy sugar high. So, he says, there is really only one thing to do. Put the candy, in other words, the screens, away most of the time. It's the best way to give your kid a fighting chance of falling in love with reading. I'm not sure about you, but this food analogy really works for me. I will eat apples and peaches. I do like them, but not if I can have candy instead. If I want to eat more fruit than candy, there cannot be a bowl of candy sitting in front of me all the time. So, with the preschooler, the right thing to do is to have screens come out for a certain amount of time each day, not to have screens go away for a period. This gives your child the space and time they need to discover books and generally let their imagination run wild. Okay, before I let you go, there's one more topic we need to touch on. There's this all-important issue of how and when your child is going to actually learn how to read. In addition to having a blast with books, there are a few things you can be doing with your preschooler to help set the stage for the day when they are going to take a book in their hands and read it to you. However, take note, everything I talk about here next is secondary to having fun with books with your preschooler. The first thing, which you are probably doing already, is teaching your child the alphabet. The best way to do that is to sing the famous alphabet song with glee. Then point out letters now and then, on stop signs, boxes, wherever you see big bold letters. Sesame Street and other educational television is great for learning the alphabet too. Teaching your child the alphabet is a process that usually takes a couple of years. Three and four year old children are learning the names of the letters, singing ABC songs, and reading ABC books. Four to five year olds master the names of letters, form letters with things like bubbles and sand, and begin to understand the sounds associated with letters. B makes the B sound. It's not until five that most children begin to use their knowledge of the alphabet to read very simple books. The other big thing you can help with at this age is what teachers call print awareness. Consider that if you ask the typical three-year-old child what adults read in books, the majority will point to the pictures. That is, after all, what they are, quote, reading. Your child needs to know that people read words, not pictures. To help them understand, point to words as you read them from left to right. Also, explain that books have covers and titles, and that they are always opened with a picture on the front, right side up. Get their help to open the book, turn pages, and find the first word on the following page. To help your child understand that words are composed of letters, make a sign for your child's door with their name. Show your child the letters in their name when you see them in books, on packaging, in newspapers, wherever you can see large letters. 
Capital letters are easier for children to comprehend, so you may want to start with them. Also, point out to your child that words are separated by white spaces. As they gain some familiarity with letters, you can show them that each letter has a capital and a small form, and that they come in many different flavors or fonts. Show them a simple and fancy letter like M, and point out that they're both M. Beyond doing these things, the best thing you can do at this point is to chill out about the whole learning to read process. With few exceptions, three and four-year-old children are not ready to learn to read. They don't yet have the foundational brain capacities to scan text and map between sounds and letters. Given this, it's better to focus on the pleasure of reading and on building your child's knowledge about the world through read-alouds and conversation. All right, preschool parents, we've covered a lot of ground. The most important thing I hope you're leaving with today is an understanding of the four parts of book club culture. One, surround your child with books that excite and delight them. Two, read aloud with your child all the way into middle school. Three, share delights, ideas, and personal growth that come from books. And four, create distraction-free zones where reading can flourish. With these four moves, you'll be well on your way to introducing your child to the joys of reading. Rather than coming to understand reading as something they have to do to please their parents or do well in school, they'll come to experience reading as deeply pleasurable. By emphasizing engagement and pleasure, you're giving them a fighting chance of falling madly in love with reading and the growth and joy that it brings. 